We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lourdes by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lourdesdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everyone. So I put up my tree for Christmas, finally. Um, I do want to thank everybody who decorated our church. It's absolutely beautiful. So I'm always about 10 years behind in music. I'm like trapped. I don't know where to go. I'm like, yeah, that's just going to throw me off. But anyway, I'm always 10 years behind in music at least. And so I don't know if you're that way, but when, when a band becomes popular, I'm like not interested. And then like 10 years later, I'm like, man, these guys are pretty good. So this morning I was listening to Mumford and Sons and I was like, man, these guys are pretty good. <laughs> wow. Who knew? So their first album was this big album. If you don't know Mumford and Sons, you're okay. You're with me, right? There's still time. So they have a song called Sign No More. It was their first album. Uh, it's the first song in their first album. And it's really, I think, relates well to what I want to talk about today. But the song starts, it says, Serve God. Love me and mend, right? Mend your ways. Serve God, love me, and mend. This is not the end. Live unbruised, we are friends. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But then here's the key kind of stanza for us today. Sigh no more, no more. One foot in sea, one you know. My heart was never pure. You know me, you know me. I love that line. One foot in sea, one on shore. My heart was never pure. Today I want to talk to you about purity of heart. Which is at the center of what our readings today want to say to us. Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. What does that mean? What does it mean to be pure of heart? I don't know about you, but whenever the Beatitudes come up, it's like, blessed in the poor are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And if you're like me, you're kind of like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> blessed are the pure of heart, they shall see God. I'm like, could you just say it a little more straight, Jesus? I, I don't know what that means. And today I want to break that open. What we're going to get to today is I want to talk about how purity of heart means a very simple thing. It means that your heart is not mixed with ten different things. It means that your heart is all in. Right? That God is not one competing love among many in your, within your heart. The love of God is, is everything. That's what purity of heart means. When I was in seminary, many of you heard me talk about him. We had the saint next door, Father Drendel. Uh, and Father Drendel was in his 80s when I lived next door to him. And he was the priest that all of us wanted to be. And he, I don't know how, if he was like my height ever, but he had shrunk into about Yoda size when, uh, when I was there. <laughs> And Father Drendel was just such a saint. He, 
he got up at like four in the morning and he made coffee and got breakfast going for about a hundred seminarians at four in the morning. Um, he prayed his breviary all day long. He just heard confessions and prayed his breviary. And he had a great sense of humor when he, he had to have some injections. And some of the seminarians were former nurses. And so they would give him his injections. And if you ever walked by his door and he saw someone coming, he would start screaming <laughs> to pretend that he was being attacked. He's like, they're stabbing me. <laughs> Love it. But Father Drindle had a famous uh, character in his homilies that came back and back again. And he would always preach to the seminarians about the mysterious woman named Lulabelle. And I don't know if you know about Lulabelle. So Lulabelle was Father Drindle's generic name for the girl who still has your heart. And so if you talk to any of the priests from kind of my generation, we all know about Lulabelle. And so my first week in seminary, Father Drindle was up, you know, at the podium and and he, he had Parkinson's, and he would tremble. And, and his first uh, sermon I ever heard, Father Drendel was up there, and he said, he, he talked kind of like this. He would go, you got to get rid of the picture of Lulabelle. And I was sitting in the pews thinking, who is Lulabelle? <laughs> but here's the point. What Father Drendel was getting at is that if you're going to be a priest of Jesus Christ, you got to let go of that girl. Your heart has to be all in. You can't have one foot in sea and one on land. You have to love with a, a heart that says, Jesus, you were all in for me. Right? Your love for me was not, you know, one foot in heaven and one on earth. It was all in. Your love for me went all the way to the cross. That's purity of heart. Purity of heart means to will one thing. It means that God is not one love in your life. He is the love of your life. He doesn't have to fight with power and pleasure and with wealth. He is the center of your heart. And today I want to talk about... How what, the reason that drives this, and my thought today, is today's readings are all about Mary's virginity. And I want to show you that this is at the heart of why it matters that Mary was a virgin, is because of purity of heart. Now, you, you and I as Catholics, we're kind of famous. We don't know how to defend this doctrine. Catholics believe that Mary was not just a virgin at the moment Jesus was born, but for her whole life. And really quick, let's just do the apologetic thing. We have to explain this. The Gospels talk about Jesus' brothers and sisters. And so non-Catholic Christians look at us and they say, how, how can you guys believe that Mary was always a virgin? That makes no sense. Right? How can that be? Well, the easy answer, and it's... There's two key parts to this really quick. One is that every early Christian we know of, every single one we know of who writes about this, every one of them believes Mary was always a virgin. Without exception. You can almost never say that. But without exception, the early Christians believe that Mary was a virgin her entire life. They read the scriptures in Greek. They read them much, much more than we do. 
So how did they think Mary was always a virgin? The easy answer is that the word for brothers or sisters in Greek is a broad word. It means any close relative. So the word Adelphos means brother. If you're in RCIA, we just talked about this. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Philos in Greek is a type of love. Philos. Adelphos is brother. The city of brotherly love. Philadelphia. That word is used for cousins. It's used for aunts and uncles. It is used for second cousins. It is used for nieces and nephews. It's used for any close relation. And so when the Gospels, when that word Adelphos comes up, your Bible will say brothers and sisters. But the word can mean any close relative. In the New Testament, in the early church, believed Mary was a virgin her whole life. Why does this matter? Why does it matter? It just seems like Catholics are weird. It seems like we're hung up on this virginity thing. It seems like we're hung up on the importance of virginity when we don't have to be. Here's why it matters, and here's what I want to challenge you to today. This Sunday, as we get close to Christmas, brothers and sisters, what it means to be a Christian is to be like Mary. The early church, when the, the, the early Christians talk about being Catholic, they say that every single one of us is a virgin. Whether you're married or not married. And the reason they say that is because virginity is the outward sign that your heart belongs totally to God. Now most of you here are not called to be physically virgins. But some of you guys for sure are because I need help. Right? So seriously, stop slacking. We need priests. We need women religious as well. But whether or not you're called to that, if you are not called to be physically a virgin, brothers and sisters, you are called to be a spiritual virgin. And the early church says that all true Christians are virgins because their heart does not belong to this world. It belongs to God. And Mary, why is it Mary that matter that Mary was a virgin? Right today, our first reading is Isaiah 7:14. The virgin will conceive and bear a child, and they shall call him Emmanuel, God with us. And then in Matthew's gospel today, Matthew quotes Isaiah 7:14. The virgin gives birth. And Mary, today, as we are so close to Christmas, Christmas is Wednesday. Are you a virgin? Here's what St. Paul says about this. He says, I want you to be free from anxieties. But people come to me all the time and, and they wonder and we say, Father Brian, why am I not married yet? And sometimes I want to tell them to go read 1 Corinthians 7. It's a pretty tough chapter. 1 Corinthians 7, though, Paul says, I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the affairs of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly affairs, how to please his wife. 
right? If, if you're married, marriage is a good and holy and beautiful thing. But if you're married, you and your spouse are called to make the primary love of your life the love of God. And your love for each other, which is beautiful and holy and good, is meant to be lived out within the love of the Savior. That's the kind of love you're supposed to have. Christian marriage is different from worldly marriage. Right? It's not that priests and religious are the different ones, and if you're a married Catholic, you're just like everybody else. That is not true. If you're married or if you're called to marriage, your marriage is called to be a Christian marriage. A marriage that lives in the love of Jesus Christ. The married man is anxious about worldly affairs, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. The unmarried woman or virgin is anxious about the affairs of the Lord. Now, I just want you to think about this. Paul says the virgin woman, that her heart is anxious about how to please God. And Paul is going to go on in this passage, and he's going to say, he says, if you ask me, if you're not married yet, Paul says, don't get married. It's not bad, he says, it's a good thing. But he says, even better, if you're able, it's better to give your entire life to God. The unmarried woman or virgin is anxious about the affairs of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly affairs, how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you. Right? Paul doesn't want to make it hard for you. He doesn't want to condemn you. He doesn't want to make your life too difficult. But to promote good order, and here's the key, to to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Why is Mary always a virgin? Why did it matter? Who cares? Who cares if Mary stayed a virgin after Jesus was born? It matters at that moment because Jesus' father is not Joseph, it's God. That's why that matters at the moment of Jesus' birth. But why does it matter after that? Who cares? Mary could live a holy life and live a normal married life. She certainly could have. Why does it matter? The reason it has always mattered is because Mary is a symbol of us. Mary is a symbol of the church. And her virginity is the external sign that everything she has and everything she is is given over to God. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Or in Matthew chapter 6, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The miracle of Christmas, as we get ready for it, I always stress about my Christmas homily, because I'm like, all this week I'm going to be like, okay, I have 2,000 visitors to convert. I'm like, it has to be the best homily ever ever, right? Which usually it isn't because I stress myself out. But for you, you who are believing Catholics, brothers and sisters, the early Christians say to you, if you're married or if you're not married, 
spiritually, you are a virgin. Because your heart is given over to God. And my simple question for you today is, are you really? Is your heart really a virginal heart? Is your heart the kind of heart that doesn't belong to the world? Do you have one foot in sea, one on shore? Most of the time, I do. Most of my life, and I just want to confess this to you, most of my life, I was so convicted this morning, praying with Mumford and Sons. I was like, when he sings that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so me. Right? My heart really does love God, and I love being a priest, and I love the Catholic faith, and I love Jesus Christ, my Savior. And I love comfort and pleasure and egoism. And I've got one foot on land and one on shore. <laughs> because of that, my heart is not as pure as it should be. So the miracle, brothers and sisters, Mary today, pray with Mary as we get ready for Christmas. Enter into that. Pray with her. It's not just cool that Mary was like, yep, virgin, and I had a baby. Pretty cool. Right? That's not the cool thing about Mary. The cool thing about Mary is that her everything was God. And that's what every Christian is called to be. Jesus, today, make us like your virgin mother. Lord, may my heart, my heart has not been pure. For 39 years of life, my heart has not been pure. But Jesus, I want to get there. I want to be more pure. I want to be more like Mary. And Lord, with all the busyness this week, as we prepare for your birth in Bethlehem. Lord, may you be born in us. May my heart be a place that has room for you. May my heart be like the heart of the Blessed Virgin who loved you above all things. And so brothers and sisters, pray with me. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death.